Tom Swarbrick on LBC. 10 to 6 Friday evening, Tom Swarbrick on LBC means one thing. The best eight and a half minutes of storytelling journalism from the other side of the Atlantic since Alistair Cook got penning his letters. No, not the cricketer, the other one. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, the big news of this American Week broke last night in Washington and it has potential implications for former President Donald Trump. A judge threw the book at two of the so-called Proud Boys, right-wing extremists who played a key role in the deadly riot on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, two years ago. Both were sentenced to long prison terms. We just stormed the f***ing Capitol, took the motherf***ing place back. That's Joseph Biggs speaking on January the 6th itself, now beginning a 17-year sentence for seditious conspiracy. Even though he wept and begged for forgiveness yesterday, the judge called the attack on the Capitol a national disgrace. His sidekick, Zach Reel, received a 15-year sentence. His tears yesterday also fell on the judge's deaf ears. If your president tells you your country's been stolen, people are trying to take your vote from you, how are you supposed to react to that? Joe Big's attorney, Norm Pattis, outside the court after the sentencing. Uh, the sentencing recommendations from the professionals in this case, the probation department, were in the 10-year range. Uh, we thought those sentences would have been high. 15 to 17 years is too much. Prosecutors, though, had demanded jail terms in excess of 30 years. For Donald Trump, who entered a not guilty plea this week in the Georgia case, where he's accused of racketeering in his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, the jailing of the Proud Boys is a bad sign. It indicates that federal judges in Washington, where he will soon also be tried on charges relating to January the 6th, are not hesitating to imprison some of the riot's ringleaders. Trump, who has indicated that as president he would pardon jailed January the 6th participants, this week offered fresh, dark hints about some of his other intentions. In an interview with right-wing talk show host Glenn Beck, talk turned to Hillary Clinton and Trump's plans to unleash America's courts on his political enemies if he returns to the Oval Office. You said in, in 2016, you know, uh, lock her up. And then when you became president, you said, we don't do that in America. That's just not the right thing to do. That's what yeah, they're well. doing. Do you regret not locking her up? And if you're president again, will you lock people up? Uh, the answer is you have no choice because they're doing it to us. I always had such great respect for the office of the president, and I never hit Biden as hard as I could have. And then I heard he was trying to indict me. Trump learned this week that his federal trial over election interference will begin on March the 4th next year. That's the eve of Super Tuesday, the day the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination that he currently dominates goes national. The judge presiding over the case said she didn't care how busy Trump will be that week fueling the fury of his supporters who claim the Department of Justice and the courts are interfering in America's next presidential election. Sarah Palin, the former governor of Alaska and vice presidential candidate for the Republicans in 2008, warning of, some might say, inciting civil war during an interview on right-leaning Newsmax TV. I think uh, those who are conducting this travesty and uh, creating this two-tier system of justice. I'm, I want to ask them, what the heck? Do, do you want us to be in civil war? Because that's what's going to happen.
We're not going to keep putting up with this. We need to get angry. We do need to rise up. 48 hours after she gave that interview, there was awful news from the Sunshine State of Florida. We begin with the breaking news out of Jacksonville, Florida. The FBI overnight opening a hate crime investigation into what local law enforcement is calling a deadly racially motivated mass shooting. This afternoon, a little after 1 p.m., an individual entered a Dollar Tree in a new town area of Jacksonville, outfitted with a tactical vest, armed with an AR-style rifle and a handgun. Jacksonville Sheriff T.K. Waters. Then the shooter killed three people before turning the gun on himself, taking his own life. There are two male victims and one female victim. All of the deceased victims are black. The gunman had decorated one of his weapons with swastikas and left a manifesto on his home computer clearly indicating that his aim was to kill as many black Americans as possible in his assault on a Jacksonville supermarket. Governor Ron DeSantis briefly suspended his efforts to secure the Republican Party's nomination in light of the latest incident of gun violence in his own state. The shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, He was targeting people based on their race. Uh, That is totally unacceptable. Uh, This guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. And so he took the coward's way out. DeSantis then visited the scene of the attack, flanked by his wife. In a fresh blow to his presidential hopes, local residents booed and barracked him as he attempted to address them and proffer condolences and support. He cannot catch a break. Later in the week, his state was deluged by Hurricane Idalia. Florida is still cleaning up after the once-in-a-century storm turned streets into rivers, left half a million people without power, and a president back in Washington ready to rub just a little salt into the wounds of a Republican presidential aspirant who only one week ago denied that human behavior causes climate change. There's still some deniers out there in terms of uh, whether or not climate change has anything to do with any of this. And uh, we're going to need a whole hell of a lot more money to deal with emergency appropriations, to deal with all you're taking care of. President Biden speaking there to staff at FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, ahead of his visit to the flood zone tomorrow. But DeSantis, and remember he started the week condemning gun violence, made extraordinary threats towards anyone thinking of looting homes and businesses in the aftermath of the storm. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. Now, the bizarre thing about that is that there hadn't been a single report of looting, nor even a suggestion that it was about to take place. Not for nothing are his poll numbers sliding, his challenge to Trump's dominance in the Republican presidential stakes ebbing away. 
There was fresh evidence this week that on Capitol Hill, the Republican Party may soon need new leadership. For the second time in just over a month, Mitch McConnell, the 81-year-old Republican leader in the Senate, froze up during a news conference, suffering from a still undisclosed medical problem. It happened in his home state of Kentucky. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. For several seconds, he stood there silent, just as he was during a July incident on Capitol Hill. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? The aide at his side then intervened. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. He was able briefly to answer two more questions before he was led away. The incident underscoring that across the American political landscape, there is now a stubborn gerontocracy that doesn't seem to know when it's time to give the next generation a chance to lead. Luckily, we have Republican presidential challenger Nikki Haley to put it into words. Right now, the Senate is the most privileged nursing home in the country. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell has done some great things and he deserves credit, but you have to know when to leave. We need to start getting new faces, new voices, younger generations involved in our government, and we need to have everybody else understand when it's time to go. She spoke there on Fox News and she is not wrong, which is one reason why Donald Trump now considers the woman he appointed to be U.S. Ambassador to the UN to be his most dangerous rival, Tom, in the race for the Republican nomination. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.